0: Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Roundtable, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing Be Loved in House, I Do, the Taiwanese BL drama series so far, the comments regarding it on social media, and where the show might be headed in the future. Now, you're going to hear some rants from Anna today. I'm sorry. It's... It's just a day for one because I've been on social media, on Facebook, on YouTube. I haven't really been on Instagram. So don't get me wrong. They have a nice Instagram account for this series. But anyway, and I've been slightly disturbed by the comments that are currently airing about this series. So I think this episode podcast is going to be slightly about that. Now, we're going to try to keep the rants to a minimum because, yeah. It's just something we try to do in life. But anyway, so far, Be Loved in House, what do I think of it? It is is—it is a good series. It is kind of slapstick, kind of, people, as people point out, kind of slow. But I really, really am unexpectedly enjoying it. I mean, it's one of those things that makes me look forward to every end of the week because, like, oh, this series is going. It's not the same feeling I got for We Best Love Peeps, so don't get me wrong. It's like... Compared to We Best Love, this is not even even close, but I am enjoying And I think one of the main reasons is, is we have a BL that isn't really about people in high school or college who are in their mid-20s to early 30s, which is kind of refreshing in the BL world because I don't mean it weird, and maybe others don't feel this way, but I kind of like to see BL drama that's not always about kids in college. I mean, no offense, don't get me wrong kids in college are very interesting and i think it's good to show like what people go through in their early 20s or late teens but do we always have to put them in college and typically always unless we're i guess now talking about golden blood which is about art majors but do we always have to put them in the engineering section i mean really, this is kind of like we really don't have another topic to pick from. I was so relieved this last autumn when To My Star, the Korean one, came out because I was like, finally, we have a we have a BL that's not just set in college or high school, which was rather refreshing about people that were a little older. And I don't mean it were, but they've gone through different experiences than those who were in high school or college have. So, you know, that is... One of the things that I am really liking about this series, because it isn't about people in college or high school. It's about people who are in their mid-20s, late 20s, early 30s, who are working steadily in their careers, who are trying to run their businesses, and the things that come up during that time. Now, there are some slapstick humor. There is the typical Taiwanese Sound effects, which if you are into Asian drama, you just kind of learn as a Westerner, you're going to have to deal with, even though you did not grow up with this at home. So, you know, there are those things. But also, I don't mean to be weird, and it's not prejudice to other cultures or countries, but Taiwanese actors are typically in the shows a lot better than other countries actors. I don't know if they go to more extensive training, but I've noticed that one of the reasons that I tend to like Taiwanese drama in particular is simply because I like watching good acting and typically the actors from Taiwan are really good about getting into character. I mean, far better than other counterparts like J-drama, for example. And no offense and no slam to people who like J-drama, it's just the acting in J-drama is not to the same caliber that I have seen in Taiwanese drama and I don't even talk if we're talking about even a b-rated Taiwanese drama they still have better acting than most other Asian countries films do. I also think Thai Thailand has excellent actors as well, especially surprisingly oftentimes it's the rookie actors it's the ones that are in like their early twenties that are doing a fantastic job and surprisingly so, which I think is quite interesting. Again, I'd be kind of curious to know like what do they do to teach these people acting better than they do in other cultures or other countries. But so I am really liking this series because we are dealing with people in their mid to late twenties. We are dealing with life at work, not in their high school college setting. But You know, I've been looking on social media and I'm kind of just a little, eh, yeah, because the thing that is troubling to me is number one, I think Aaron Lai and Hank are excellent in the show. They do a great job. And also I think in real life, they seem to be getting along well as friends, but I really am not liking the fact that like, there are a bunch of people posting pictures, material, etc. on them. When you're trying to look up like updates on the show, they are like, they must be a couple because, I don't know, Hank is allergic to chocolate, so Aaron gave him noodles. I'm going, you know, if I knew somebody was allergic to something, then of course I would give them something that they weren't allergic to if we were in a set together. It just makes sense. It doesn't mean that you're dating them. And also, I think that the thing to point out here is most BL drama actors also are actors in other regular drama. And also, most of them tend to be straight. And at the ages that Hank and Aaron are, probably have pretty long-standing relationships with their significant others. So why do we think in the world that they are dating each other because they happen to be in the BL drama TV series? I mean, it makes No sense whatsoever. The whole fangirl thing on these is just annoying as hell to Anna because it's like, These people don't need this in their lives. They don't need people saying things that aren't true. I mean, we don't sit there and go, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan must secretly be in a relationship because they've been in so many shows together. I mean, no, we don't do that to them. So why on earth would we do it to these two? Or others like them. Like, I don't mean it where Perth Tanapon, or Saint, or, um, um, or... Oh, they're really nice kid. What's his name? in touch. Anyway, we don't need to be doing it to them. It's just not right. So Anna's having major problems with that because I'm going, you know, they are just acting in a show together. They're probably really good friends on set, which i don't mean it word i've worked on different productions they not film productions like this one but some minor things And it's like it's always really good when the people can get along really well on the set and you know might end up becoming good friends and going on to do you know other projects together but that doesn't mean that you know we need to sit there and go they must be in a steady relationship because of it i mean That's just kind of stupid. We don't do that with any other genre that Anna's come across, and I'm just finding it rather infuriating at this point. But, you know, moving on from that, we also have the whole thing of, it's kind of, it's interesting to me that Nidamon, the series, aired at this point in time, and also this series aired at this point in time because we have I Do Be Loved in House and Nidamon, and Nidamon just finished its final episode. And I will be doing a review on that, but I just haven't gotten it done yet, peeps. But, you know, the interesting thing to me about these two series is is we really do not have any extremely passionate moments in either one of them. Now, the characters do end up flopping down and falling asleep together on the same bed through accident. Um, We also, in the Nidiman series, have Nidiman and Babom, you know, conking out together, but not in a romantic way. I mean... I think it's kind of interesting because the one vibe I'm getting from both these series is in the comments is people are like, why don't we have more passionate moments? Why don't we? And I'm like, to be quite honest, I find it rather refreshing that we have relationships portrayed, that the main part of the stability of the relationship is the people are comfortable conking out together. I mean, I don't mean it weird, but this, this week's episode, I can't tell you how cool I thought it was in many, many ways that that part like 18 minutes and I think like 40 seconds in on this episode episode 10 where Sheely is thinking about what would our relationship be like if we were in a relationship and I think it's really interesting to see because it's like it's not about passion it's not about you know um romantical moments, it's about just conking out together and being there to grab somebody's hand in the middle of the night when they're conked, which I think is really an interesting way to look at relationships. One of the most, I mean, I really haven't come across any dramas that have really depicted relationships that way before. And I think it's really, I think the first one was like when I started watching Until We Meet Again and you have a few scenes where like Pideen and um, Farm are conking together because you know, Farm was having those flashbacks, etc. just terrified him. So Pidim would come and just stay with him to calm him down, not because they were having a romantic moment. Now, don't get me wrong. There are romantic moments in Until We Meet Again. But I think the interesting thing is one of the reasons I tend to like BL drama is because we typically have relationships that are more about... Being very, very comfortable with the people are with. Now, I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, I'm guessing by the end of um, Beloved in House, I do, we will have some romantical moments. But I think it's interesting that as the characters think about what they're looking for in their relationships, it's more about the steadiness of the people and also knowing that they'll be there in maybe the most basic of ways, which I'm going, you know, I kind of think that's cool. Now, that's one thing that I think people are getting a little upset about. I would like to point out, you know, maybe, maybe reevaluating how people see relationships because I think, you know, some of the coolest relationships I have ever seen are the ones where people might not be the passionate. They might not, not be, you know, but they're very, very steady and they care about one another extremely so, which I think is really, really cool. But they're also extremely comfortable around one another. And that's what I think I like best about a lot of the BLs. Like, for example, this Beloved in House I do. I think it's really cool that when Sheely is sitting there going, what would I think about this relationship? She's like, well, I think it'd be nice if we could both be koalas. <laughs> I mean, no offense. I'm like, that is bloody really hilarious. Especially, I love the fa- the facial feature when he sees that he himself is quite a koala when he... Is not very cognizant and laughing about himself in this series. I think that is one of the coolest moments in this whole episode. But anyway, moving on, we didn't come to the part about basically why are the characters so slow in telling one another that they care about one another. And there's a lot of irate people on like the feeds on the YouTube channel, etc. going, you know, this is just stupid. Why aren't they telling each other? And I'm, I'm just going, well, it's a little more complicated, especially if you think about what's going on in the storyline right now with this E-Stone character showing back up after, you know, really leaving Jin-Yu for dead. I don't know another nice way to put it. I'm just saying I have no truck with E-Stone. He is a despicable human being, and there's really nothing he could do to redeem himself in this in this storyline. I mean, I know, maybe maybe there's a way he could redeem himself, but at this point in time, I'm like, number one, you dumped Jin Yu. Number two, you dumped Jin Yu on the same day that he got in a terrible accident, and you didn't do anything to help him during that time. That's just... Absolutely despicable. I mean, there's really no other term for it. But anyway, I will try to retract my clause of judgment here But boy, he makes it really hard But you know, you have Easton, and I don't know how this is all gonna play out because we have three more episodes but I really am guessing that next week's episode is going to be kind of difficult because The logical thing that will probably follow is she Lee is probably gonna have to give up his job He's gonna have to leave the house He's going to leave everything because he thinks Jin Yu would be better off with this E-stone jerk. Because that's who he was with in the first place. So therefore it must be who he should be with in the second. Because, you know, the rose is always the best option. Um, no, the rose is not always the best option. Because oftentimes the roses have thorns and, yeah, E-stone, yeah. So anyway, I really think E-stone is back. I mean... I don't know. Sometimes I think the worst in certain people, but I think it's kind of interesting that you know, I personally think in this series that he's probably trying to get his claws into the design studio so he can take over Shaylee's position and then merge the company with the company that he's with. I mean, that's kind of the vibes I get off of Eastone. I could be wrong. Maybe he has honorable intentions, but I find that highly, highly doubtful, to say the least. So anyway, but you know, we don't really know at this point, but I'm going, you know, this is going to be hard for Shili, because he not only is going to be losing the possibility of Jin Yu, but he's losing his job, he's going to be losing his house because he won't be able to stay, it would be too difficult, I think, to stay in that situation where you liked a person and then found out you couldn't be with them, and then you have to work with them every single day, that would be way too difficult. So anyway, one of the reasons maybe having a love interest at the office isn't the best of plans, I'm just saying. But, you know, moving on. So we have this conflict within Shili, and I think, you know, Despite what a lot of people happen to say on YouTube, if anyone else was in a similar conflict, it would be really, really hard to say how you felt with this new development of the Eastone East character. Because, I mean, no no offense, let's face it. When Sheely, at the beginning of this episode, or at the end of last, he was ready to march in there, tell Jinju that he liked him, and deal with the repercussions. But then he marched into work and found Eastone East there, and he's like... You know, Eastone is kind of the antithesis of me. He's high up in a company. I'm just, you know, the team lead here, and Jinyu's my boss. And, you know, he and Jinyu have history together, be it a a pretty bleak history. Um, I don't think this is going to work. I think that's a very human thing. I think in one way it's one of the reasons that I do like Shili as a person because he's willing to sit there and go... I'm ready to give this up if I think that Jin-Yu could be with someone who'd make him happier, even if I think that someone is a total skull-sucking pig, which, yeah, I think, you know, we can all say what we want, but he sounds just kind of a jerk. So you have all that kind of thought process with Shi-Li, and you have Jin-Yu, who, you know, I don't mean it weird, but Jin-Yu, he's not a stupid person. But I do think he has a certain gullibility that makes him susceptible to being abused by people. I mean, I don't mean it bad at all. He's he's a very, I mean, I think Jin Yu is a really cool person because he comes off as harsh and abrupt. But he has a childlike sense to himself, which is kind of neat to see. I also really like how Aaron lie, the actor in this production, I mean he's not typically the kind of actor that I would normally like because he seems kind of, um, I don't know how to say it. He doesn't seem like the kind of actor that would normally portray this type of person. Let's put that He seems like the type to be portraying, like, I know before this he was in, like, swimming team movies, which, you know, that kind of person is just not really on his thing because it's like, I'm not saying being physically fit isn't a good thing. It's just... I don't really get people that are obsessively gym people. I mean, I think it's a good thing, but it's just not an honest thing. So I really don't know how to relate to those kind of people too well. So anyway, but I think it's really cool because Aaron Lai, I think he did a really good job because I had seen him before in History Run and I, I really didn't like him at all in History 1. I mean, no it's, I think he did a good job as an actor. Again, Taiwanese actors are always brilliant at acting. But I I didn't like his character at all in History 1. I think it was called My Hero because it's about a guy who his girlfriend dies in a tragic accident. And less than a, two weeks later, he's off with another partner. I mean, I don't mean to ruin like, well, there wasn't really much love lost there. But I'm going to retract my... um a diatribe on History 1 and why it kind of sucked brick. But anyway, I think the thing is, is it's really interesting because he's able to play someone who, yes, he seems to be like, um, I don't know, he kind of has a Metro Man mentality from Megamind a bit. But at the end of the day, he really is kind of a very likable um Labrador Retriever type character, which I think is kind of funny because you have the Labrador Retriever type character, which he does resemble a dog. I mean, when Aaron Lai is just kind of being calm and, you know, da-da-da, he's kind of dog-like, which is absolutely adorable. And I don't mean that in like a cute way. I just mean, it's very childlike. It's very naive. And the other thing that I think is really interesting about Aaron Lai in this series is for those of you who don't know, Aaron Lai almost died in a terrible, he was on a bike and he ended up getting hit by a van in Taiwan because Taiwan is a very unsafe place for traffic. Everyone's very laissez-faire in Taiwan. So they have like thousands of people die every year because people get hit by cars or people get in car accidents, like 10 car pileups. It's really bad in Taiwan. So anyway, Aaron Lai last year got hit by a vehicle, and he was hospitalized for five months. He had a brain hemorrhage. He had lost his spleen. He had metal plates put into his body because they had to keep him um, steady, and I think he had the plates removed. I mean, it was a mess. So the fact that Aaron Lai is even walking around right now and able to function halfway well. Now, the good thing about Aaron's, um, I think his real name is Sing Ting, but anyway his English name is Aaron Line. but um, the good thing about Aaron's accident was, thankfully, he could not remember the accident. He said, the only thing I remember is being on my bike, and then I remember waking up in the hospital 12 days later, and I'm going, you know, I don't mean it weird, but there are certain things that you don't want to remember. Um, I was in a really bad situation once, and I completely do not have any recollection of it. Now, the doctor said, you know, that could come back, that could not, but I am supremely grateful that I do not have a memory. And in the same room, I'm like, I'm so glad for Mr. Lai that he does not remember that terrible, terrible accident because that would be very, very hard to have survived that and to have the recollection of it. But anyway, so Aaron is coming back from this very life-threatening moment to do this production. And I think it's really cool because he is in this production he also he's got massive scars on his side of his body and they incorporated that into the story which i think was also very good and also he's not trying to hide the scars like a lot of people would do at this point because like well this is a part of who you are it's what you've been through it's just you know there and i think that's very very cool and also very very brave because i think coming back into acting after over a five month to year hiatus because of this terrible car wreck um, accident is very very good and also Aaron I don't mean it weird, in my opinion this is the best work he's done yet because he's showing a character who on the outside seems extremely strong extremely stern but is extremely extremely vulnerable and I love how he can switch from one char- one character trait to the other in like just a quick look, a quick moment. He is excellent at that. And I'm going, you know, I never really saw him in that kind of character mode before because I'm used to him in history. One, I've I've heard of a couple of the other shows that he's been I have not watched them in total. But, you know, I think this is his best work. I'm going to be really curious to see, like, what he does next in his productions because I'm like, you know, I really never thought about him too much as an actor because I kind of got... Waylaid by history, one, and that was just a little too much for Anna. And don't get me wrong, I love BL drama, but that one was just an, a nature of disappointment. And it's not Aaron's fault. I mean, no one could have taken that storyline and made it better. It's just, yeah, yeah, you worked with what you got on that deal. But you know, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what he does next because this is showing me I'm like. He is really good at getting in character and being able to switch from one mode in that character to another almost instantaneously. Like, there are scenes in this show where he's sitting in the living room of the house and she Lee comes in and is talking to at work and he'll just switch to that like vulnerability. Like he'll be the stern, stern, stern person. And then he'll sit there and go, well, you always work late because that way you don't have to come home with me. And she Lee's like, uh, excuse me. And then he's like, oh, shoot. I just said that I, I don't like coming home by myself. You know, it's things like that. Those little switches that he just is able to pull. And I think he does a really good job. So I really am looking forward to seeing the end of this. I'm going to be curious. Like I really don't think in the next episode we're going to probably have... Have a, you know, a happy, nice ending. We're probably going to have Porsche Lee leaving with his suitcase and heading out for the great unknown because he's completely panicked, and E Stone wants to take over the company. I mean, no offense. I'm going. This is just really bad on so many different levels. I really wish, in many ways, the one thing that I don't like is, and I I do get it, so I'm not even blaming the characterization, but. I wish Jin Yu was able to say, like, when he, we all know from watching the beginning of this series to now that the reason Jin Yu bought the whole company was because he liked Shi Lee. Li. And now we get to this point where it's like, you know, you're almost achieved what you, you know, set out to do. And you are about ready to completely lose what you set out to do in order to keep, the company, which, I mean, no offense, isn't really, uh, yeah, it's not a good switch, but I am going to be curious to see what happens in the next few episodes. I think, you know, it's going to be also, I wouldn't be surprised at all if she and Gong end up um, getting married in this series. I'm going, boy, they're moving really fast, but, and I also think it would be kind of interesting because Gong is the kind of person who never thought that, he would ever be able to be in a long-standing relationship. I'm not really sure why, because Gong is like a super cool person. I'm just saying he really is. I think it's kind of interesting that Jin Yu and Gong are kind of... They're kind of friends. I'm not sure. I'm um, Gong's more kind of maybe a mentor, but they both in different ways have similar similar characteristics. I mean, gongs are very apparent. He's very thoughtful. He's very thinking things through like to the nth degree. But I think in the same way, Jin Yu kind of has some of those qualities in lesser extent. And it's really neat to see them interact in this drama and see like where that friendship takes them. And also kind of the people they end up with because Shi Kui and Shi Li are not the same at all. I'm not saying that, but they both are kind of kind of foxes I mean I don't mean it weird I mean that in a in a good way like they're curious about life they're they're spunky they have a certain vivacity to life that you know most people lose because they become more adultish and kind of boring and they just kept it and I think it's going to be really interesting to see as this progresses what happens with Gong's character and what happens with Shi Kui as well as Jin Yu and Shi Li. So that is my review of I Do Be Loved in House, where it is now and where it is going and what Anna thinks about it. And I don't mean to offend anyone who posted something about them not. I mean, seriously, peeps, I don't understand why we have to post things about relationships that don't exist in the real world and even if they do it's really the actors bloody business and not ours and number two I don't see why we need to you know be I think it's really cool that we haven't had a lot of passionate scenes because it means that I gotta sit down and watch the whole episode without having to skip a single moment which is really really cool and I am going back to take a nap because I am tired and it's it's not late but uh, it's the weekend and this is like it's Saturday which is my day to kind of crash and so I'm going to go back to bed and listen to some lectures but that is my review of I do beloved in house this series so far what we can expect and my bitter diatribes regarding certain comments on social check it at the round table bye.